everyone, and welcome to The Like-Minded. I'm your host, Cami Pons, and this is my second time recording because, well, number one, I have two dogs sitting on the bed with me, so if you hear any movements, that's them. I have my dog, Bruno, and then I have my younger sister, Mia's dog, Bailey. And I was also wearing a windbreaker, so I didn't realize until I listened back, but every literal small movement, you just heard, shh, so hopefully the dogs stay quiet this time and no windbreaker. Um, but why I'm with two dogs is right now I'm back home in Pennsylvania And for those of you that don't know, I'm from the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I'm back for the holidays, and it's very, very cold. Um, Like, I'm used to Miami weather, 70s, um, I think it's maybe in the mid-40s right now, and it's, ooh, like, freezing. Um, But my dad has been lighting, um, like, the most beautiful fires to warm up our house, We have a a big fireplace in our living room and sitting in front of the fire, I'm currently reading The Lovely Bones right now and that's the dog and um, I've just been, you know, reading it in front of the fire with my feet up on the mantle, like warming up my toes. It's so relaxing. I love it. And for those who saw the movie, it's actually quite different from the book. I know that's normally the case, but... I'm actually enjoying the book more than the movie. I think it's really engaging and beautifully written, and especially how the author really describes... (laughs) That's Bailey breathing. Literally describes the scenes of the in-between or the heaven where Susie lives after her murder. Um, But honestly, other than reading, I've been taking my dog, Bruno, and Bailey on long walks. And listening to my favorite podcast, Mary's Cup of Tea. I might have talked about it on previous episodes as well. I really like her content. Um, And I actually just listened to an amazing, amazing episode yesterday. She brought on a guest and her name was Maria Victoria Albina. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. And um, she is a nurse practitioner. I believe she's a life coach. And I believe she refers to herself as like a somatic healer. Um, And they were essentially talking about how nervous system coaching and nervous system healing can help to overcome things such as perfectionism, people pleasing, people proving, and anxiety. And they also go on to discuss how we actually hold a lot of our emotions within our bodies. But then at the same time, A lot of us have this disconnect and we often forget that we are also a body, not just a mind. I think that's really interesting how those two things can exist at the same time. And they explain how, you know, just existing as our mind and forgetting that, you know, we have a body from the neck down um, is really when overthinking takes over. And I feel like the episode really resonated with me because I know that in the past couple of years, I've been um, really lost in my own thoughts and literally anything could be happening in the room around me. And if I'm overthinking and in my head, like I am not present, I am not tuned in to what other people are saying, what other people are doing, like I am in my own little world And it's honestly quite frustrating and I've really been working on it. So I really wanted to listen to this episode, you know, and find out some tips and tricks 
to engage in somatic healing within my life. Um, and by the way, like what that means is like healing of the physical body. Um, I believe soma is Greek and it means body. Someone fact check me on that though. Um, and the episode ended up being so long between the two women that, um, the host, Mary Jelkowski, ended up breaking it up into two parts. And I honestly highly recommend to anyone interested in learning about alternative ways to approach wellness and healing our minds and our bodies. And I've been super interested in this topic of like the nervous system in general, because I feel as though mine is dysregulated and has been for a while now. And this can manifest in so many different ways, like not just anxiety and over-functioning, which is like, go, 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 but also like fatigue and burnout, which is like, slow down, I like can't take anymore, I'm just so tired. And Albina was talking about how through somatic exercises, such as breath work and meditation, and even certain, you know, physical movements can really help to reconnect with our own bodies and then through this you know reconnection we can increase agency and our intuition and our sense of self and self-trust and all of these good things that we all want to embody within our lives and there's one last thing and then I want to jump into what I want to talk about but um I just that I listened to this earlier today when I went on my morning walk, so it's so top of mind for me. Um, but one last thing that was my absolute favorite thing shared during the episode is that the remedy to many things such as anxiety and overthinking and people-pleasing is presence. You know, rather than looking outward, seeking validation and answers from external sources we turn inward and find peace within ourselves. And it's all about, you know, that idea of presence or remaining present within our own bodies. We start to live within our own bodies and start to find comfort within our own bodies. And I find that so impactful because recently, and I made an episode about this, just like dealing with some health things, I feel like in these moments of recent uncertainty and confusion and Um, just being uncomfortable in my own body at times, I find myself turning outwards for comfort and for explanations versus looking within. Now, obviously, like, if you're having health problems, you know, go to a doctor. Like, there is a time and a place to seek explanations from external sources. But essentially what I'm trying to work on is increasing my self-trust And my ability to turn within for assurance and peace. So let's say I'm having a little bit of anxiety, being able to, you know, feel empowered to be my own refuge and recognize that I already have the capacity to provide my own safety and protection. And it's with me 24-7. It's, you know, within myself. It's, It's nothing that I'm ever not going to have, you know, in a moment of uncertainty or confusion or uncomfort uncomfort of discomfort anytime that I said uncomfort before this let's change it to discomfort um all right I'm already seven minutes in so let's get to what I actually want to talk about so what I want to talk about with this episode is new year's resolutions and it's super timely because new year's eve is in just a few days and each year I feel like I am the one that goes all in on setting a ton of resolutions 
that last one month or two months. And I've talked about this on other episodes as well, but essentially I have this nasty habit of not setting myself up with realistic expectations and then beating myself up when I'm not able to maintain these high standards. So what I thought would be a fun topic for us to talk about is not just setting New Year's resolutions, but setting realistic and dynamic resolutions that focus more so on the process versus the outcome. So quick pause here for those who aren't doing resolutions this year because you have too much on your plate already, you don't believe in them, you just don't want to do them, go off. I know that you know what is best for you, but just warning, this episode is probably not for you, um, but go listen to one of my others. So how I view resolutions is they're meant to be, you know, representative of a fresh start for the new year and representative of our commitment to ourselves to be healthier and happier. But this doesn't necessarily mean we need a specific outcome because in reality, health and happiness can look so radically different from what we might have originally planned. So similar to how we do affirmations based on feelings versus, you know, specific material items or certain outcomes, I think that setting resolutions based on the process and how we want to feel and how we want to show up in our lives versus getting to a specific weight or earning a certain income or reading a certain number of books throughout the year has more potential to not only work, but leave us feeling like joyful and excited to take this on versus like, oh my gosh, like dreading, like I'm going to beat myself up. I don't want to be disappointed, like all of that negativity. So for example, let's say one of your goals is to feel strong and energized within your body. It's like specific, but not too specific. And so you might set up a new workout routine to do a couple times a week. And you stick to it and slowly, you know, you begin to feel stronger and more toned. You're moving your body on a regular basis, which increases your flexibility and balance and all that good stuff that happens when you work out. And, you know, it might not happen as quickly as you want or it might happen quicker when you start to see results. But you're enjoying the process of feeling these positive changes within your body. Example one. Now, let's say on the other hand, your goal was to get to a specific number on the scale. We've all done this. You know, we create this magical number like I want to lose 15 pounds. And let's say you stick to your workout plan, but you don't hit the 15 pound mark. Let's say you hit the 10 pound mark and you feel stronger, right? You feel more flexible. You feel more balanced. You feel more energized. But because you didn't hit this random number that you created in your head, you see it as a failure, or you're disappointed. Though in reality, you know, you feel better and you have stayed committed to your workouts and to your goal, which should be celebrated. So all of this to say, you know, by focusing on the process of getting to where we want to be, I think there's a lot more room for joy and celebration. Because also, why would we want to stay committed to a goal unless it's fun and engaging and we're enjoying the journey. I feel like that makes it 
10 times more likely that we're going to stick to our goals and see them through. And when we're setting goals grounded in self-love, I think that's the key. That's also what helps us to stay committed because we want to do things. We are doing things that make us feel good because we're worthy of waking up, you know, every day and feeling good. And that's what will keep us going. So some good resolutions I've been thinking about setting for myself. I haven't 100% decided yet. But one is the example I gave earlier about feeling more energized and comfortable within my body. And I think this can manifest in many different ways. I think one is continuing to adhere to, you know, that regular workout schedule. Though everyone's is different, like three to five times a week, 30 minutes. Is that like what doctors recommend? Um, and... I think like beyond, is it 30 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Is it five times a week? Is it whatever? It's about, you know, a couple of times a week being intentional, carving out the time to get out of my house and go break a sweat, release some endorphins. I also think another version of this is working on my mindful practices. So feeling energized and comfortable within my body like means more than just physically working out. It could also mean getting, you know, in touch with my body So getting more comfortable with my breathing, with my movements, how I control, you know, that physical side of me. And this can be done through meditation, breathwork exercises. And that can all be done, you know, within the privacy of my apartment with no equipment or money. And I love that. That's that makes the goal a lot more easier, a lot easier to achieve as well. Now, another resolution is to focus on my mind and evolve my mindset, my perspective I think one way that this can be done that I actually am going to pursue, I know, is uh, starting therapy sessions um, or life coaching sessions. I have yet to decide um, which route I want to take. I also think another route is just journaling more, you know, when things come up for me, working through things. Um, It's like the expensive version, therapy, and the cheaper version, journaling. The ideal option is to do both simultaneously. Um, also just listening to more podcasts and reading more books about spirituality, about life in general, because I personally enjoy, you know, listening to other people share their insights and utilizing other people's stories and perspectives to expand my own. And that's another good way in which I can learn and continue to evolve, you know, my mental state. And then a third resolution is to do something fun just for me a hobby, an activity that I've always wanted to do. And I actually just redid my 2024 budget and added in a very hefty treat yourself section for any of you that watch Parks and Recs. Um, That includes, you know, whatever this new hobby or activity might be. I'm thinking maybe ceramics, maybe a dance class. I've always wanted to do another salsa dancing class because in college I did one for a couple of months and it was so freaking fun. Um, but essentially just something for me and only me. I go alone. It's my time outside of, you know, my apartment to focus on what I want and what makes me happy outside of work, outside of my romantic relationship, outside of my friends and my family. And I think where I'm at right now, this is something that I really want to prioritize and it's important to me. So these examples, you know, are just to show how we can set resolutions or goals that are a little more open-ended and can manifest in different ways 
because if we're being honest, like we never know what's going to happen in the future, whether that be a week from now, whether that be a month from now. So it's just more realistic to allow some room for change. Um, And then something that this topic really reminds me of, you know, this topic of allowing ourselves grace and remaining adaptable. I talk about them quite a lot. Beautiful chorus. I have to be their number one fan, at least in their top 10. And they're a group of women who sing affirmations and their songs are super catchy, super relaxing. I highly recommend. And one song that I absolutely love of theirs, it's called The Waves We Give. And the song describes how we as humans can be like water in the sense, you know, that nothing within us stays rigid and we decide and we design the shape that we're in. Like, those are the literal lyrics. I'm just talking them out. <laughs> and they go on to sing about how, you know, we as humans are shapeless and formless and able to adapt to these changing environments. And this is the idea of what I've been trying to embody within my life is remaining true to who I am, but also being open to change. And it's a balance and it's hard And I think by setting resolutions focused more so on process versus outcome, it's that idea of remaining flexible but keeping my eyes on the prize. And another water reference, like this is unplanned, but I stumbled upon this quote at an antique antique store over Thanksgiving break and it was printed out on cardstock and I brought it home for my boyfriend actually because I thought that he'd really resonate with it. That's barely breathing. Um... And it's actually hanging up on our fridge in Miami right now. And the quote is by a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Hal Boyle. I've never heard of him until now or until I saw the quote and looked it up. I think he was a journalist during World War II. But essentially he shares, and I'll repeat this twice, but what makes a river so restful to people is that it doesn't have any doubt. It is sure to get where it's going, and it doesn't want to go anywhere else. What makes a river so restful to people is that it doesn't have any doubt. It is sure to get where it's going, and it doesn't want to go anywhere else. And when I first read this quote, like, hit me so hard, which is why I decided to pick it up, like, amongst the 30 or 40 different options that they had in the store. And I liked it so much because this is also how I'm trying to live my life, It's like remaining adaptable to the ebbs and flows, but certain of who I am and what my many micro purposes are. And the term micro purpose, I actually stole that from Mary's cup of tea because she brings up, the host brings up such a good point that it's really unrealistic to have only one purpose. And it's more likely that we're going to have many different throughout our different phases of life. And I'm like, yes, I agree with that. And all this to say, you know, when setting resolutions, let's be sure about who we want to be, how we want to show up in our lives, in other people's lives, in the world. But let's be gentle and compassionate with ourselves about how we exactly get there. Because as long as we're committed, that's all that matters. And we stay committed because we believe and we have decided that we're worthy of staying committed for. We're worthy of feeling comfortable in our bodies. We're worthy of feeling energized at work. We're worthy of feeling fulfilled within our relationships. You know, whatever your resolution, whatever your goal may be. And most importantly, we have no doubt about our destination and the fact that we will arrive at our destination. 
but we're open to the fact that we might arrive differently than we originally planned or intended. And it doesn't matter how fast we get to our destination or if we get there quicker than other people or if other people notice that we got to our destination. That's all of that is like all of that is people pleasing. All of that is people proving, you know, all of that remains external. But 2024 resolutions create the opportunity for us to shift inward, shift our focus to how we feel during the process of reaching our goal. And if in the end, we're happy with who we are and where we're at. And now as I'm saying this aloud, it actually reminds me a lot of alignment, that idea of alignment and, you know, setting goals, setting resolutions that reflect our passions and our values. And we can achieve greater alignment with our lives, which will also help to keep us, you know, committed because we'll want to remain committed because alignment feels good. When we set up goals that help us feel more aligned with our values and our passions, like that, it's almost like addictive, that feeling. It's like a rush, right? Alignment feels like freedom. feels like being guided. It feels effortless. We'll want to keep, you know, living within that feeling. So when all of you are out there setting your goals for 2024, remember to focus on the process. Remember to focus on you. You're the most important part. And remember that like the river, you will arrive at your desired destination in due time. And let's not put too much pressure on ourselves. I feel like that's another thing with the new year is this idea of striving for perfection And the amount of years I've told myself, you know, this is the year I'm going to be perfect, perfect body, perfect job. It never happens because it's impossible. And striving for perfection never has anything to do with me. It's always about people pleasing or people proving, seeking that external validation. Like I want a perfect body because as women, we're trained to believe that we have to be physically attractive. That's about other people. I want the perfect job so other people see me as successful and accomplished. That's also about others. And if I took all that energy, you know, all the energy I spent hoping for perfection and then being disappointed by not being perfect, then I would have so much more energy to put towards resolutions that make me feel good and resolutions and goals that are grounded in self-love. You know, goals and resolutions that help me feel more confident and fulfilled and excited to take on my life. So that's the theme of the 2024 resolutions. Also, Bailey is snoring next to me. I hope this isn't being picked up. But why I wanted to make this episode is because in 2024, our resolution setting is going to be realistic. It's going to be purpose-driven. They're going to be grounded in self-love. And they're going to be focused more on the process than the outcome. Because we know where we want to be. Let's focus on how we're going to get there. Are we being consistent? It, it doesn't matter if you, you know, like the examples I gave, lear- lost a certain amount of weight or if you got a certain, you know, dollar amount of promotion. Like those things are great if they're coming from a place of, you know, genuinely fulfill, like genuinely fulfilling you. But if it's not coming from that and it's coming from a place of this will make me more lovable this will make me more worthy in the eyes of others you know this will make me sexier to my partner this will make me more attracted to 
other singles or, you know, other people in the dating world, then that might not be, you know, it's, it's taking that step back and realizing like, where is this want? Where, where is this coming from? Is it coming from within or is it coming from, you know, external? Um, and yeah, that's what the 2024 resolutions are all about. It's about you, no one else, just you. All right. That's all that I have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review if you enjoyed this episode. And to all of you listeners, have a happy new year. I'm realizing I made my first episode in January of 2023. So this is essentially like the one year almost. It might be off by a couple days or weeks, but the one year mark. Thank you so much for joining in 2023 have a happy new year. And I just keep saying, I've been saying to my boyfriend, I've been saying to my friends, I know 2024 is our year. For everyone listening, 2024 is the year. I can feel it. Nothing but positivity, nothing but love, nothing but light. And let's carry that into the new year. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.